Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. That is the uh, Boise State Bronco men's basketball team arriving at the uh, airport yesterday afternoon. Huge contingent of fans <laughs> waiting for them. Um, Boise State, for some reason, was delayed, so they didn't get to be in Boise uh, for the watch party when it was announced who they will be playing, where mm-hmm. they will be playing, and how they got screwed. You think they should have been a higher seed? Oh, God, yeah. Even Joe Lenardi, by the way, who... This This is is the highest seed they've ever been. Highest seed they've ever been. We've never been the higher seed in a game before. Joe Lenardi, by the way, to show you how good he is all year long for ESPN, he does bracketology. Mm -hmm. He's their bracketology expert. And out of the 68 teams that were named in the Mountain West this year, he only got one wrong out of all the teams that made it. And that, oh, in the in the entire tournament. Yeah, in the okay. entire tournament. So to show you how good he is, he got one team wrong, and that was Texas A and M. He thought he had originally announced should get in over Wyoming, and mm-hmm. ended up Wyoming getting in. And he goes, "I totally get it. It's the one I missed." And he goes, "He struggled on it." Um, Texas A and M. It's still pretty darn good. Yeah, had a good run towards the end is why he went with them. But he said, "I totally get them going with Wyoming because they had the better season than Texas A and M." Um, as far as the rankings, he only missed one ranking. Hmm. Everything else he said was within one of where he predicted they would be, and he said Boise State was the only one that he missed. He said they deserve a much higher ranking than uh, the number. Did he eight say how much I got? I'm guessing five or six would be my guess. Okay, um, because he said he missed. He he well, he, he, he hadn't missed anything else by more than one. Colorado so that would State. mean he would yeah. have to mean it was at least a six. Colorado State got a better uh, placing too. I don't get that. That's the one I don't get. I think those two should have been switched. Well, they had fewer losses. That's about all. They had fewer losses, out. but they did not win the Mountain West. They True. did not win the Mountain West tournament. You should get you should get rewarded had fewer for losses winning the Mountain and... West tournament and the Mountain West regular season. You should get rewarded for that. Yeah. They uh, they had fewer losses and did beat Boise State twice. I guess that's probably how they justified it. Yeah. I, and that's that's the only thing that I can figure out, but once again, they they played, you know, <laughs> they didn't even play for the championship. Um, they were eliminated from Mountain West's regular season with one game to go. So Boise State played in in a in a game, the final game of the season, which made no difference to Boise State. Win or lose, they were going to be the number one seed. So it didn't matter to them on that last game. I, they, I don't know. They, I, I they agree. I think they got totally screwed. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. I I don't necessarily feel so badly about it simply because this is the first time. Boise State has ever been among the uh, top eight seeds. I don't think we've ever been seeded higher than maybe 10th or 11th before. Yeah. No, we we haven't. This is the highest that they have ever ranked. But if you look at the brackets, Wyoming has a much easier path to the mm-hmm. 
Sweet 16 than Boise State does. If Boise State's able yeah, to pull off a win against of Memphis, then they tra- then they play Gonzaga if Gonzaga could win, which you know would be a huge shock if they didn't. So in the second round, they would play Gonzaga. Yeah, Memphis is a great program. Uh, Gonzaga might be somewhat impossible to beat for almost anybody, uh, but especially Boise State. Uh, they just have you know horses up there. Yeah, huge matchup problems for Boise State. They've got a uh, probably a top five pick in the uh, NBA draft, um, maybe uh, two in the top first round of the NBA draft with Timmy and their super freshman that they that have would, that not expected sense, to yeah. stick around. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be a tough. The only thing a lot of people were were the conjecture was that they wanted to see Leon Rice, who was an assistant coach for Mark Few, going up against his mm, his coach. I see. in the second round, which you know still. I, I, will, I will think that's cool, but only if Leon Rice wins. <laughs> um, it, it, I mean, it's it's great that they're there. I just uh, I would have liked to see them uh, a little higher seed than number eight. By the way, um, if you're wondering if Boise State has ever played Memphis before, yeah, Memphis beat Boise State last year in the NIT in the first round of the NIT, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, Memphis went on to win the NIT last year. And uh, this year's team is better than last year's that's, team. That, that's the only thing that. Uh, that disappointed me, and just a tiny bit, is I was hoping Boise State would play a team that they've never played before, you know, yeah. just to get one more team on the resume. I know a lot of people I, I saw were saying, yeah, but we could be, you know, it could be worse. We could be Colorado State. They're having to play Michigan in, in the first round. It's like, no, Michigan is only 17 and 14, and they're not playing well. I think Michigan mm-hmm. would have been a good matchup for Boise State. Um, but at the, the good news is they play close to home, so it's a it's a uh, trip that you can easily drive to if you want to go to Portland. Uh, Boise State has extremely limited allotment of tickets. Fans will have until tomorrow at 12 noon to request tickets. Uh, season ticket holders will have priority in receiving tickets. Um, it's highly unlikely Boise State said that they'll be able to honor all requests. Tickets will be limited to a maximum of four tickets, and they are $100 each. Wow. And will be good for Boise State's first matchup only. All right. So if they win the next game, you will have priority. Uh, you automatically, by the way, uh, if they win the first game, you'll automatically get the tickets to the second game at one hundred dollars each. You don't have the option to opt out. So if you buy the first <laughs> round tickets, you get the second round tickets no matter what at one hundred dollars each. Hey, no it's, exceptions. It's, it's America. You know yeah. how it is. And of course, that's through Boise State Ticket Office. Uh, there are plenty other areas um, that you know you'll be able to scalp your tickets if you want. Uh, by the way, I've uh, my son legal in Oregon. Um, it's no. legal in some states it's, and others it's legal it's in Idaho. I don't know if it's legal in Oregon, but it still happens. Um, you've got secondary market, you know, ticket sites that you can be able to get it. Uh, by the way, the arena that they're playing at, my uh, two sons used to live in uh, Portland, and there is not a bad seat in that house. So it's oh, not cool. like playing in San Antonio where if you're in the nosebleed seats, it's 100 yards away. Is, is it where the Trailblazers play? Um, I believe so. I'd have to double check. I'm not quite sure if it's if, if it's where the Trailblazers are. I should have asked when I talked to them, but um, they said there's really not a really bad seat in the house, so it's kind of a close proximity to the court. You're able to see everything. So, anyway, you'll be able to hear all the action coming up Thursday morning. Uh, tip off, uh, 11:45 pregame activity coming up at 11 on 670 KBOI. Make your plans around it. Best week of the uh, whole year, if it wasn't for this stupid spring forward crap. <laughs> as as usual, I don't even notice the change. God, I do. Mm.
Mm-mm. I apologize now in advance for being crabby and short-tempered this morning. It's like I said, I, I consistently get between 2 and 11 hours sleep every night. Uh, our update today brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian. Uh, St. Patty's Day is uh, this Thursday, and uh, Fat Guys Fresh Deli was serving a special St. Patrick's Day corned beef and cabbage sandwich on green rye bread Thursday. So make your plans around it and uh, make sure you get in on Thursday. Might be a good chance for you to get in some great food to uh, take with you to go watch first couple of rounds of the NCAA tournament this week. Good morning. Well, to absolutely nobody's surprise, or at least not me, and I don't think these guys either, Tom Brady is coming back. After just 40 days, the seven-time Super Bowl champion has announced that he will end his retirement and return for his 23rd season in the NFL and that he's going to go back to the Buccaneers. Now, we did hear from Pro Football Hall of Famer on SportsCenter Steve Young. The former 49er quarterback says he's really not surprised at all either. All great quarterbacks toward the end have to redouble their effort every year, both emotionally and physically, to stay on top. And it takes everything out of you. And so the typical cycle, trust me, is towards the end of the year is like, I'm done. And then by April, you're like, no, I'm good. Usually you don't announce it, though. You don't actually go public with it. But it's very typical. So it's official. Tom Brady is back. And by the way, he led the Buccaneers to a Super Bowl title two seasons ago and an NFC South championship last season. But what has he really done? Well, he led the NFL in passing yards last season at 44 years old. He also led the league in touchdown passes, completions, and attempts. But the Bucs did lose at home to the Los Angeles Rams in the divisional round of the playoffs. Tom Brady's tweet said, it's unfinished business, and he's back. I'm Rick Worthington. Download the 670KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 623, he's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Phone lines are open for you to take part in the show at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can also email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. If you want to talk about uh, Boise State being in the NCAA tournament uh, this coming week, uh, feel free to call in and talk about that. Highest ranking ever. They will be playing Thursday, 670 KBOI. Once again, 11 o'clock pregame, 1145 tip-off on Thursday. If they win, they'll play on Saturday. Um, You've you've heard the saying that uh, the only sure thing in this world is death, Taxes and Ammon Bundy getting arrested. <laughs> Hadn't heard that third Had, part, but oh. <laughs> I, it sort of makes sense, I guess. Far right activist Ammon Bundy, who was running for governor in Idaho, was arrested again Saturday night um, for refusing to leave a hospital in connection with a child welfare case, according to police. Bundy was arrested about 1.15 a.m. on suspicion of misdemeanor trespass at St. Trespass at St. Luke's Medical Center in Meridian, west of uh, Boise. Uh, Bundy, known for participating in standoffs with law enforcement, notably the uh, Malheur National Wildlife Refuge in uh, Oregon. The arrest Saturday concerned a 10-month-old determined to be suffering from severe malnourishment and at risk for injury or death. The baby's parents had refused to let officers check on its welfare after the family canceled a medical appointment. Bundy urged his followers to go to the hospital to uh, protest and support the family. He is set to go to a trial today 
for two other charges of misdemeanor trespass and one charge of resisting or obstructing officers after he was arrested twice in one day at the Idaho Capitol last April. Well, the the, the ten month old uh, was diagnosed as uh, malnourished, and uh, they were you know told to to uh, follow certain guidelines to make sure that the little girl uh, was able to gain some weight. And when they finally did get to check on her again, she had lost more weight. So she was still uh, malnourished. And, and that's why they decided that uh, since, these, since the parents were skipping uh, doctor's appointments that had been set, they uh, took the girl and they took her to the doctor. And that's what they object to. I, I, I don't know that I'm necessarily against that. I, I understand that it's, it should be the parents' right to choose the uh, or to uh, choose how they you know they bring up their own children. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other hand, if they're if they're doing it so poorly that uh, you know two different times the girl is diagnosed as as completely malnourished, then chances are somebody needed to step in. I think, so I'm kind of of two minds about this. Yeah, I, I I am the same way. Um, you know, I get it because the mom canceled a medical appointment for the child Friday morning saying she was under the weather. Um, then they talked to the father and the father said he'd make sure that the child got in and still was never right. got in. That's when they uh, put out, you know, for child protective services to go check on the child. The child wasn't at home. Nobody was at home. They couldn't find any of the people when they finally did, they were at a gas station, pulled over at a gas station. Um, yeah, I mean, I would, I wouldn't have wanted them to take our kids for any reason. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, if you're uh, looking at malnourished children, you're not at my house. And that's the part that I, I don't get, because the, the police said they promised her that if they gave her the baby, she would be allowed to ride with them to the hospital in the ambulance. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all she wanted to do. And, and I watched the entire video. The video is like 20 minutes long because really? she was she was also recording this thing at the same time. She was very respectful. The police were very respectful up until the time where they said, hey, either give up your child or you're going to jail. We will take it. Those are your two options. You can either give him up and we take him in or you will be arrested and we will take him from you. And they'll probably charge her with uh, child endangerment. Yeah. So, I, I, and see, you made the promise to the mom that you will be allowed to go. I don't know why she was not allowed to go ride with them to the hospital. That that I don't get. I mean, and granted, I wasn't there. I don't know the ins and outs of everything. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm same as you. I'm like uh, my man. guess. My guess is is the whole thing was contingent upon her following each one of their instructions, which she must not have done. Yeah, we'll find out more about this. This all happened on uh, Saturday night. There'll be more updates on this story. If you'd like to uh, share um, your thoughts, go ahead. Feel free to call in two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. If you would like, uh, we'll talk more about this this morning. You can also email Mike at kbui dot com or Chris at kbui dot com. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Oh, with all this talk and excitement about NCAA uh, basketball, the tournament, Boise State's highest seed, uh, winning the Mountain West, winning the Mountain West Championship. I forgot to mention KBOI Million Dollar Bracket Challenge is now ready to fill out. It's easy to do. Go to KBOI.com, click on the Million Dollar Bracket Challenge, fill out your bracket. It's absolutely free. Get 60 winners. You could win $10,000. Get a perfect bracket. You could win $1 million. 
All brackets have to be completed and submitted by 10 a.m. Thursday morning. So keep that in mind. You have to, to have a legal bracket. Uh, if it's yeah. 10.01, you're out. But b- before the games actually start. Yep. Uh, million Dollar Bracket Challenge brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing and Westside Pizza. Remember, it's all about the pizza. Day from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 641, good morning. He's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for listening in this morning. Remember, you can always be a part of the show. Mike calling us at 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, Henry from Midvale, uh, thank you for being patient this morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning to you. Good morning, Good morning to you guys. Hey, uh, I want to talk about uh, the little baby there, the law enforcement. Um, and speaking as a retired uh, former law enforcement, uh, the police, they have my full support, and here's the reason why. If it was me and I was in that situation, knowing that you're being sent to this situation where you have to check on that baby for a second time to make sure that it's getting nutrition, and you see that it's not, I don't care who's there, the mother was given the option to ride in the ambulance. She refused that. So the only option they've got is take the baby and arrest her and get her out of the way. Now, in, in all fairness, I yeah. did watch the video. Let, and let, 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 me, let me finish. Let okay. me finish. And the reason for that is if I turn my back and leave and that baby ends up dying, then I... I would always live with the rest of my life that I should have done my job. I was that baby's only hope to make sure that it was going to get medical attention. And that's why it's so important for the police to do their job when it comes to that situation is you don't turn your back. That, that, the, that baby's only hope was that police officer there. And as a former police officer... That is your job, right? You don't have the discretion to yes. go, you know what? This is an order, but I don't care. I'm not going to do my job. I'm just going to let him. Nope. You don't have that discretion, correct? No. That, I mean, right. you're, you're, sent there, you're sent there to check on the welfare of that baby. And, and if you can see that that baby is malnutrition and, and it's not getting its medical attention, that's what you're sent for is that, hey, you, you need to bring this baby in. That we've contacted these people. We've asked them. We've asked them. They refused. And what's you know what's going to be interesting is, and I've been there before. It's like these people have money to buy their cigarettes and dope and liquor, but they just can't seem to take the baby to the hospital. Their children. So that's why when the police go there, they have to do that, and you don't turn your back on babies. Now, the flip side of this that I will say is I, I watched the video because she was uh, recording the entire time, and she was not allowed to ride in the ambulance. They promised her that she would be allowed to ride, but then when it came time to take the baby to the hospital, they were not going to allow her. They wanted her out of, out of the ambulance, and they were going to take the baby from her, and they only gave her two choices. And I want to say That's right. both both the mother and the police were very respectful um, this entire time um, in how they treated each other um, on the parts that were showing the video uh, until it came to that. And then they just said, look, you have two choices here. You can either be arrested and we take the baby or you can give us the baby so that we can take her in the ambulance to the hospital. And and, and, that, and that's what I would have done because, number one, I, I've given her a choice 
uh, um, being nice to her and say, hey, this is our first choice. You know, come with us to the ambulance. You can take the baby. And that way she shows that she's cooperating. Right. But now that she's not and we have to take the baby, I'm not going to let her go in the uh, ambulance because, number one, is she going to get violent in the ambulance and tell the, the paramedics, no, you can't do that. No, you can't do this. No, you can't do that. And then you've got, you've got her, an uncooperative parent, in a confined area in an ambulance that's moving, and they can't do their job. So now she's going to yeah. interfere with that. So, yeah, that's why I wouldn't have let her in either. I guess, uh, I guess the only I'll, part would be, you know, you got lied to by the police. And I, I'm, ta- I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate here. You said, hey, yes, come on, you can go and ride. I promise you can ride with her to the hospital and then That's they didn't right. allow that so i i mean like i said there earlier, wasn't any there wasn't any kind of if in, in, no, involved in no that, they said you know? the the police officer that t- was originally talking to her and this is on the video says i promise you you can ride to the hospital in the ambulance with your baby and then and, that, and that changed yes because that changed because once they had to take the baby, it, it's you don't know if she's going to change or if she's going to be cooperative in that right. ambulance. Yeah. So no, me, I I, I know, get that part, but you can also understand the other side of it that the police just lied to you, right? And 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 said I, you know, you have a police officer saying I promise you you'll be able to ride, and then you have another police officer saying nope, you're either going to be arrested or you have to give it up. That's I I get it. You know, both sides, there's a job to do and everything, but I also get her side, and it's like, you just lied to me. I I was cooperating 100%. You said I could ride with you, and now you're saying I can't. That's 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 the part. Thank you for the call. We're up on, on time here, but appreciate your thoughts on that. We'll take more of your phone calls and emails if you want to weigh in. Uh, right now, let's get another check of what's going on with sports this morning, brought to you by Fat Guys and Fresh Deli. Don't forget, this Thursday, it's St. Patrick's Day. Get into Fat Guys Thursday. Corned beef and cabbage sandwich on green rye bread. It's delicious. Get into Fat Guys Fresh Deli for your St. Patrick's celebration. Good morning. A good sports day on Sunday, especially for those that are Boise State men's basketball fans. Boise State's magical basketball season will continue on Thursday as they are headed to the NCAA tournament with a first-round game on 670 KBOI against Memphis in Portland, Oregon. Boise State earned the Mountain West automatic bid by winning the conference tournament. The 27-7 and Broncos are the 8th seed, and the 21-10 and Tigers are the 9. Coach Rice feels winning tough games in the conference tournament is going to help playing Memphis. I just think that hardens you as a, as a team and gets you a little more comfortable in those games. So if you are in the, yeah, I mean, you, you know, you've seen it all along, Bob. We're, we're pretty comfortable in those situations because we know nothing else. So uh, I think that does help you. Tip-off of the first-round game with Memphis is at 11.45 Mountain Time on Thursday. The winner will most likely face top-seeded Gonzaga on Saturday. Bob Beeler, Newstalk KBOI. By the way, this is all really good news for the Mountain West. They have four bids for the NCAA tournament this year, which means I owe Mike Casper lunch again. Uh, Colorado State was given a six-seed. They will play Michigan. <laughs> Wyoming is in the play-in game. They'll take on Indiana on Wednesday. San Diego State is a number eight seed they will also take on creighton so lots of basketball for the mountain west coming up in the ncaa tournament utah state by the way was also announced to be in the nit i'm rick worthington 670 kboi on alexa first say alexa enable the 670 kboi skill then when you want to listen say alexa open 670 kboi now back to mike casper and chris walton this is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 
Damn near impossible question this morning. Uh, we have a uh, gift certificate for you to win. $50 in free food from Huck House Brunchette. It's also our sweet deal coming up this week. That is some yummy stuff. Yes, it is. A chance for you to answer our question coming up at about 8.20. Here it is for you. All 30 Major League Baseball teams have had at least one former player make it into the Hall of Fame. Two teams, though, have only had one Hall of Famer each. Name the two teams who have only had one former player make it into the Hall of Fame. Just need the team's name. If you know the answer, you can win. Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. But your real fame came as a radio psychologist on KSFO in San Francisco. I wouldn't call it fame exactly. I had a small... Deeply disturbed following. <laughs> the latest message seems to indicate that the Libyan pilot was acting on his own without authority from anyone else. Stand by camera two. In other words, I think we're all okay. You are the most mysterious, beautiful, angry person I have ever met. I remember your signature on those papers, Colonel. That's right. And I'm pretty sure I paid for that. You have second thoughts? Not anymore. I understand one thing. I offer you half of my precious avocado and you throw it back in my face. Don't act like that. You sound just like a... Like a what? Sad news. <laughs> uh, William Hurt passed away yesterday at the age of 71, surrounded by friends and family. You know, I, I remember when they, they announced that he had terminal cancer and it was almost four years ago. Yeah, so 2018. He, boy, he hung on for quite a while. 71 years old, surrounded by friends and family in uh, Portland, Oregon. They said he passed of natural causes, but I have a funny, sneaky suspicion it was natural causes due to possibly COVID, prostate cancer. Oh, prostate. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's considered a natural cause. Yeah. Um, his, his resume of acting, just absolutely amazing. Uh, loved him in the big chill. Broadcast News, one of my favorite movies. Um, to give you uh, the power of his acting ability, he received a Best Supporting um, Oscar for his role in History of Violence. Now, why Why is... A nomination, you mean. Or nomination. Yeah. Now, why is that big? He appeared in eight minutes of History <laughs> of Violence. That's, that's it, and it earned him a nomination yeah. for uh, Best Supporting Actor. Hey, if you make an impact, you know. Uh, and he won uh, the Oscar for Best Actor. For his performance in Kiss of the Spider Woman, which later became a Broadway musical. Remember Altered States? I loved that movie. Mm -hmm. Altered States was a great movie. And uh, what was the one with Kathleen Turner? Uh, Body Heat. Body Heat. Another great movie. Just a long lineage. I mean, he was still acting. He was in Avengers. The first two two that you mentioned, I think, were my favorites. His, uh, The Big Chill and Broadcast News. Yeah. Still love Broadcast News. I just watched that just just the other week, even though I've seen it probably at least (laughs) on... hundred yeah. times. Still love that movie. Anyway, sad news reported this morning. Um, in other news, uh, Tim writes in, uh, Mike at KBOI.com, you need proof that gas prices and inflation are in hitting uh, Americans hard. Tom Brady had to come out of retirement. His Bugatti only gets seven <laughs> miles per gallon. <laughs> That's uh... I know this, Tim, by the way. Tim, uh, former Chicago Bears, when they won the Super Bowl. Oh. If your if your Bugatti only gets seven That's miles per gallon, you talking about Lazy Bear Tim? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Tim Reitman. Mm-hmm. If your Bugatti only gets seven miles per gallon, man, I 
It's hard to feel sorry for Tom Brady, but man, I feel for you, dude. <laughs> the good news is gas how, prices. How much is a Bugatti supposed to get? Um, I, I would think that in this day and age, uh, any and, vehicle would get over seven miles per gallon. I should say. And what's a Bugatti? <laughs> uh, gas. Good news is no gas price rise over the weekend. Now, from the time on Friday that I came to work and the time I went home, gas prices jumped up mm-hmm. four cents a gallon. And Diesel. I really. Diesel, by the way, cracked $5. I really expected gas prices to go up over the weekend, but the good news is it, it didn't. So we're still sitting at the two places that I passed, 439 and 443. Yeah, 443 I passed this morning as a well. A gallon, yeah. So, I mean, still pretty darn expensive, but uh, at least it didn't get go up over the last three days. Uh, Jim writes in, Mike, at KBOI.com. Uh, wow, you guys have finally made it to the top of your profession. You were the subject of the Lola comic strip in the Idaho Press Sunday comics yesterday. Congratulations, finally making it. Keep up the great work. In the Sunday comics? Yep. I hadn't seen that one. I I, hadn't seen it either. We've been in Lola twice before, but uh, I I didn't know we were in the Sunday. This would be the fourth time for me being in Lola. No, it would be my third. Third? Yeah, Yeah. because I was uh, in another time, uh, a couple of times when when I was at Mix 106. Um, This is what... This is what Lola said. I had Jim send me it because I hadn't seen it either. It says, local talk radio, my morning ritual. And then it goes, this is 670 KBOI from the radio. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's it, actually it's Alexa. Oh, good job on putting in Alexa instead of a radio. said, I like to stay informed. Chris and Mike tackle the hard-hitting issues that others avoid. Today, it's been two hours of the merits of bacon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Uh <laughs> because because Todd does listen to the show. Uh, Todd, that's hilarious, number one. Because and it's so true yeah, because we have talked a lot about bacon in the past. It's completely accurate. And there's nothing wrong with bacon. He's making fun of us well, talking about that, bacon. That isn't that isn't the, the Sunday. A, that that wasn't the Sunday one. That was that's today's. Oh, is it today's? Yeah, it's today's. It, I'm I've got a copy of it here that's colored, but it's just from the regular uh, funny papers. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, um, the uh, person who writes Lola does live here in the uh, Treasure Valley. Wow, she used my name first. Well, she should. You've been here longer. Well, but, but that's unusual. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's Paul funny. Paul and Chris, Casper and Chris. Yeah, that's, and, that's my, funny. My name's and Chris. And Chris. <laughs> 208-336-3700. Uh, by the way, with uh, Tom Brady coming out of retirement, do you know who this hits the hardest? Uh, teams that have to play Tampa Bay? Nope. Oh, who? The guy who bought Tom Brady's last NFL football, oh, yeah. TD football. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. <laughs> for over $500,000. Well, he bought the last official Tom Brady the, TD uh, football. So unless he gets hurt and has to quit football completely before he plays, um, no, dude, your football is now worth considerably less than what you paid for. That's why they call it speculation and not, hey, you're in the money. <laughs> How would you like to be that? It's like, I just, I, I know this is going to be worth more money. I spent every little bit of my last world savings on Tom Brady's final TD football. Oh, this is going to be great. What do you mean he's coming out of retirement? What? It surprised me to tell you. The I, truth. I, I really did. I, mean, I, thought I, he I was know. Done. That, well, first of all, it surprised me when he retired to begin with because he had said he planned to play till forty-five, which I know is only one more year. But um, 
then it surprised me when he came out of retirement because I thought, you know, at this point, hasn't he gotten used to being retired? You know, to, to knowing you don't have to get ready for next season? The reason it surprised me, I guess, is because of how much he said it had to do with his wife and his family wanting him to finally spend time at home. Yeah. And so I thought that that was finally the point where his wife just said, hey, look, you've had yeah. 23 years. If you, you know, I know you wanted to win one more, but, you know, and I totally get it. Tampa Bay is still very good. Well, you can't retire with just seven championships. Yeah. Come on, that would be a disgrace. So I, I get it. You, If Tampa Bay was going to suck this year, mm-hmm. which they probably would be without a quarterback because they don't have a quarterback as of yet, but if they were going to be bad this year, he probably wouldn't be coming back. But the fact that they still have a very good defense, they still have a really good wide receivers, gives him probably a good reason to uh, be coming back. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless Phone lines are open. Uh, Dow, by the way, uh, futures are up today ahead of the opening. We'll be talking with Jeremiah Bates coming up here in just a couple minutes. Right now, though, it's time for another check on what's going on with sports. A lot of sports news happening uh, over the weekend. This update brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian, serving special uh, St. Patty's Day sandwiches, corned beef and cabbage sandwich on green rye bread this Thursday. Make your plans and uh, maybe even get in and grab a few sandwiches it's, for your big uh, NCAA it, watch party. It's green on purpose, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not that it's bad. That makes all the difference. It's green on purpose because of St. Patty's Day. Get into Fat Guy's Fresh Deli for lunch. Good morning. Well, Boise State won the Mountain West Basketball Tournament on Saturday, as you know, when they beat San Diego State, and they are headed to the NCAA Tournament. And we know they'll play on Thursday in Portland. After winning both the Mountain West regular season and tournament championship, the 27-7 and Broncos were chosen as an 8th seed in the West region, and they'll face the 9, Memphis. The Tigers are 21-10 and and the runner-up in the American Athletic Conference. Coach Rice talked about Memphis's strengths. First of all, they're super athletic, and they, they get after the ball really hard and can disrupt a game and really not let you do what you're trying to do. And then they make up for any mistakes they make with their extreme athleticism, and they're one of the best rebounding teams in the country, too. The Broncos' season was ended last year in the NIT by Memphis. The game this year is Thursday at 11.45 Mountain Time. Bob Beeler, Newstalk KBOI. By the way, it's also important to note what the Mountain West did as a conference. They got four bids to the NCAA tournament this year, which is terrific, really. Wyoming will have to start things off. They'll play in the play-in game on Wednesday. They'll take on Indiana. Colorado State was given the highest seed, a number six overall, and they'll take on Michigan. San Diego State was the other team to get in. They're a number eight seed, and they'll take on Creighton. I'm Rick Worthington. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. 722, Dow Futures on this Monday morning, up 228 points. About eight minutes ahead of the opening, uh, all three indexes are up this morning. Jeremiah Bates with us. All eyes uh, set on the Federal Reserve meeting this week where I think we can all say that the Federal Reserve is probably going to increase interest rates, correct? Yeah, that that is the general consensus. I mean, you look at that that was the primary, I guess, thing that was top of mind on Wall Street before the Russian-Ukraine conflict really hit. It was just you know, how is the Fed going to intervene with slowing down this inflation? Now they're in a really tough spot because you know, if you look at the Federal Reserve's mandate, there's not much that they can do in regards to slowing down these high prices. Because you're looking at the obviously the commodity run, the pr- uh, rising price of gas. 
I mean, a rising of interest rates really isn't going to affect that significantly. But general consensus is that they will come in. They're going to give a 0.25% interest rate hike at this meeting. And probably these the meetings that follow those, they'll probably look to do the same. So uh, the, the market's really forecasting about seven to eight interest rate hikes this year. And this is the really the highly wait, anticipated wait, wait, wait. meeting. I thought we went from three to four now to seven to eight? Well, if, if you're looking at an inflation reading of 7.9%, last month that didn't include the rising gas prices that we saw from the Russia-Ukraine conflict, we're going to keep seeing these hot inflation numbers. The Federal Reserve really has no choice to remain uh, accommodative. But they're they're in a tough spot because they can't come in too aggressive because if they come in too hot, then we get into that conversation of, all right, will they cause a recession? Nah, now, not don't rec- say the R word. <laughs> hey, not all recessions are cut from the same cloth, right? It's really just to look at consistent quarters of uh, contracting GDP. So whether that, if it, is it a deep recession? Is it a short recession? I mean, we just don't know at this point. I mean, looking at what we're seeing today, hey, nothing's changed. I mean, it's from basically from today till tomorrow, uh, expect things to kind of remain status quo unless we get some positive or worse news out of Russia and Ukraine. There's a little bit of optimism right now that there's some talk of some ceasefire. So we're seeing a bit of a bump. We're seeing U.S. crude and Brent pulling back a bit. I think each, uh, I think U.S. crude's down $104 a barrel. Brent, which is the global benchmark, is around $108 a barrel. We're seeing these commodity spikes, uh, spikes that we've seen pull back a bit. So the market's kind of in limbo right now. Wall Street's looking at this and saying, all right, if, if there's no big news happening Monday, which there's no economic data being released, released today, all eyes are set on what those comments are going to be after Wednesday. Uh, and expect some volatility either to the downside or the upside after that meeting because we're going to get some indication of what the future is going to look like uh, from the Federal Reserve moving forward to this year. Most of the headlines that I see about the stock market have to do with Russia and Ukraine. Is there any chance that things are going to get back to normal while Russia is still in Ukraine? Yeah. I mean, it's really going to like, how does this thing going to get drug out? Right. I mean, if, if, if things are going to be looked at as like, well, you know, Russia's going to be there for a while. This is going to kind of be a multi-year process. Then the market will probably look more towards what's happening with our, within our borders, with an, inside of our economy. But the problem is Russia has such an effect right now on the commodities market. Things are a little bit out of whack right now. So it, yes and no, it, it's kind of a, it depends. But if things start to kind of slow down on the commodity side, in my opinion, you're going to see things more focus into, okay, what are actual corporate earnings happening here within the states and what does our GDP look like? And that will most likely affect the market going up or down. All right, Jeremiah, uh, thank you. Once again, we'll hear from you in just a little over an hour once the stock market opens up here in just about four minutes. Right now, we're looking at a positive opening and then we'll again, we'll talk to you coming up here tomorrow morning. Thanks, gents. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KDOI. Seven thirty-four. He's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for listening in this morning. Uh, also, uh, just a reminder for you: coming up this afternoon, you might want to be listening in to uh, Nate Shellman. He will uh, have a special guest on, and uh, from three to four o'clock, Governor Brad Little will be on the show with him, and uh, not just on the show with him, but he'll be uh, here live. He'll be taking your phone calls this morning. So, if you have questions for the governor, here's your chance to get those questions answered. Mono y mano coming up this afternoon from three to four o'clock on the uh, Nate Shaman Show. Got an instant message from Marine Bob. He says, "Chris and Mike, there is only one thing wrong with bacon, 
And that's when you get out of the shower and look in the mirror and say, damn you, bacon. <laughs> uh, I don't even think or, that's wrong. Or beer or chocolate or whatever. The only thing I could Pie. say what's wrong with bacon right now is it's selling between 8 and $12 a uh, pound when it was only 3 to $4 a pound a year ago. That's the only thing I could say with bacon. But hey, that's why God invented banks, so that you can take out a, a loan. <laughs> and I was going to say, and that's why you've sworn <laughs> off bacon, right? No. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, you want to get through, you can also email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Send us an instant message, or you can also text us, same as our main number, 208-336-3700. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris. Live and local on News Talk KBOI. Yes, it is. It's 7.41, Monday morning. Trying to get through it with uh, daylight savings time springing ahead. Apologize if I'm short today. Apologize if I'm in a crabby mood. It'll take about two weeks. After I get back from, uh, I go to... Do you, uh, do you sleep exactly eight hours every night or oh, something? Oh, God, no. I wish... Uh, I, I sleep uh, five and a half to six hours every night. Oh, okay. Five and a half to six hours. But yeah. it's fairly consistent that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, th- I hate this time of year. Um, hasn't been too bad yet. It's usually tomorrow and Wednesday when it'll start to affect me uh, a little bit more, the, the uh, springing ahead. I promise, Chris, when I get back next week from you know spring training and yeah. spending our 20th anniversary in Arizona, I, I, but mean, the week after, I will be much better. You mean your, your first day back from vacation, you're going to feel good? Yeah, I'll feel good then. I promise. That's, that's uh, quite a prediction. <laughs> uh, it is 742. Uh, Bill Meridian, thanks for being patient and holding on this morning. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Uh, good morning. You talked earlier about William Hurt. Uh, if you're a fan of William Hurt, he was in, a, a, I would say, an obscure movie. It's called Mr. Brooks. And Kevin Costner is the lead, and he plays a very successful businessman who is a serial killer on the side. Nobody knows wow. he does this. William Hurt is his alter ego and talks him into doing these things. So in these scenes, you'll see Hurt sitting there talking to him. Nobody else sees Hurt. See? It's just it's just Costner's, the other side of Costner's brain. But the other, it's very, very good. But the I remember hearing about Hurt, the movie. I'd never seen it myself. Mr. Brooks, okay. Mr. Brooks has got a very violent ending, so you know, we'll warn people about that. Well, or, don't ruin it for us. No, no, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm going to say you're not expecting it, but if you, if you don't like violent movies at the end, don't watch that. Okay. Hurt's performance in that movie is spectacular. So, anyway, I thought I'd throw that out. Yeah, appreciate Thank it. you very much. I didn't know about that movie. Right, thank you. Um, in right. case you're just tuning in this morning, William Hurt passed away uh, yesterday, age of 71, in Portland, Oregon. Natural causes, he had been uh, uh, diagnosed with terminal prostate cancer back in 2018. Um, I would agree with it. I don't think I've ever seen him in a bad movie. I mean, well, I, he's been fantastic in every movie anyway, that I've seen him. Anyway, you haven't seen him give a bad performance. I don't think I've seen him in a bad movie. Oh, okay. Maybe he yeah. hasn't been in one. It, he's one of those actors that there's like a handful of actors that make a movie better when you go to see him. And, and in my personal opinion, he's one of those actors. Who's another? Uh, Clint Eastwood. Okay. Uh, until, the, until Cry Macho. <laughs> I would say Clint Eastwood until you, Cry Macho. You, you think he made one movie too many? <laughs> he, he may have made one too, one movie too many. Um, I still be, haven't seen that, but you're you're not recommending it, are you? No, okay. I mean some of the stuff that he does in that movie, as old as he is, and I mean he's what is he ninety two now? 
he's around 90. I don't know exactly how old. A 92-year-old isn't going to jump up on uh, an untrained, unbroken horse and break that horse. Unless, because, he's, unless he's Clint Eastwood. Because what's going to happen is um, you're going to get broken I- instead. So, I mean, here, here's Clint Eastwood in a movie that looks like he can 90, barely walk. He's 91. And he gets up and to break a horse. And obviously it wasn't him, you know, ride, riding the horse. But, Probably not. Yeah. Um, yeah, Crime Macho, just, just a very okay movie for Clint Eastwood. But he is another one of those that I just absolutely love. Um Samuel L. Jackson's another one who makes movies uh, better. Yeah, he's always, let's put it this way, he's always noticeable in a movie. Mm-hmm. Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. KBOI Newstime, 745. Kevin Cosner, there's another one. Really? Even his okay. crappy movies he made better. Postman and Waterworld well, yeah, jumped, jumped you can, to mind. Tom Hanks probably too. I mean, Tom you, Hanks, yeah. There are certain people you can just relate to. Yeah. Uh, this update brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian. Open up 10.30 a.m. every morning for lunch. You want to keep that in mind on Thursday because you might want to get there early so that you can uh, get your lunch maybe and grab and run home and uh, be able to listen to the game here on 670 KBOI as Boise State takes on Memphis beginning at 11.45. That's the tip-off. And Thursday is also St. Patty's Day. They've got a special sandwich, corned beef and cabbage on uh, green rye bread. Coming up on Thursday, get into Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Good morning. Baseball is back. After last week, the Major League Baseball Players Association and the owners reached a deal. There were some different things that baseball purists are not all that happy about. Namely, the designated hitter, which is going to be in the National League this year. And free agent slugger Nelson Cruz and the Washington Nationals have reached an agreement on a one-year $15 million deal. Now, anybody who knows anything about Nelson Cruz knows he's not there for his defense. He's there to be a hitter and will probably be the DH for the Washington Nationals uh, when they play this upcoming season. It's a big deal, though, for baseball purists who have long said the designated hitter does not belong in the National League and probably would go to their deathbed saying the same thing. So while the Nelson Cruz signing by the Washington Nationals is nice, the bigger story is that the designated hitter is in the National League. Secondary story, Mike Casper may get to see some spring training when he goes to Arizona next week. Congrats, Mike. I'm Rick Worthington. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 7.52. Good morning to you. Welcome to uh, Monday, first Monday of Daylight Savings Time. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you're getting through it okay today. I don't know if we're, in our lifetime, ever going to get it done. I, that's not going to stop me from pushing it all the time. It's It's been introduced in Congress before. The Idaho legislature has talked about it. Other legislatures have uh, talked about it. Um it's interesting with all the series of studies out there showing the large negative effects that something hasn't been done already, uh, negative health effects associated with daylight saving time. Uh, a lot of the reasons for getting rid of daylight saving time have to do with uh, those negative health effects, and there's plenty of evidence out there um, that show the negative effects. The one hour disrupts our sleep pattern, throws our circadian rhythms out of whack. Hormones <laughs> fluctuate as a result. Sleep sufferers for far longer than one think, off-putting morning uh, think, can last up to two to three weeks. I think my circadian rhythms are naturally a little bit out of whack. <laughs> Probably. Both yours and mine 
or the time we as, get up in the as morning. Our, as are my biorhythms most days. Loss of sleep can contribute to metabolic turmoil, weight gain. That's the reason why we're fat. Daylight saving time. There we go. There's one reason. Uh, irritability, increased risk of accidents while driving to work. The rate at which people experience or are hospitalized for heart attacks and stroke and other fatal cardiac events goes up significantly that's a, that's after daylight saving time. That is an interesting stat. One hour of sleep and heart attacks go up. University of Alabama at Birmingham found a 10% increase in heart attacks the Monday after daylight saving time began. 10%. That's a I lot. Think, I don't think these people fish and hunt. Similarly, the American Academy of Neurologically presented evidence in 2016 that stroke risk rises by 8% the Monday after daylight saving time. Daylight saving time contrib- contributes to uh, safety risks. There's an annual increase of workplace and automobile accidents every year when we turn our clocks forward. So for those of you, Chris, be very careful today. Workplace accident. <laughs> you and I could get into a workplace accident. One, Yeah, uh, I, I, I do have a tendency to... Uh, not realize someone's walking right toward me. See, I'm going to be very aware of paper cuts today. Mm. Uh, one study found that when they recorded uh, an increase in both the number and severity of accidents among workers on the Monday following daylight saving time. Really? Children and elderly apparently disappropri- disappropriately uh, affected by daylight savings time. Two groups that tend to bear the brunt. Chid, uh, children require more sleep the younger they are, and uh, with daylight saving times, it screws up their rhythm of sleeping. The el- elderly so on hand are most anybody, likely... Did anybody ever just consider maybe going to bed an hour early? Um, apparently, it doesn't matter. It has to do with the uh, amount of sunlight in the morning time. Mm. Okay. The elderly, on the other hand, are most likely to be affected by the health risks associated uh, because they are older. In people 65 of age and older, the risk is 20% higher than the rest of population for stroke and heart attacks the first Monday after daylight saving time. Once again, it's 10% and 8% respectively, and that goes up 20% higher if you're over 65. Economists have estimated that daylight saving time loses the economy as one as much as one point seven billion dollars as a result of lost opportunity cost and the intangible phenomenon of cyber loafing on Mondays after daylight <laughs> saving time. Yeah, because uh, heaven knows we don't cyber loaf any other time of the year. So if you're uh, a legislator, if you're a congressman, senator, or the governor, let's see if we can work on this. My own pet project that I'll work on for the rest of my life until it finally gets done. Help us help those who are affected by daylight saving time. KBY News time is 7.56. Phone lines are open, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Your Google Play, simply say, hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 34 degrees in downtown Boise. Uh, Once again, uh, coming up here this morning in 20 minutes, chance for you to uh, pick up your $50 gift certificate to Huck House Brunchette, if you can answer our Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question, brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, here to promote you and your property worldwide. For details, call 208-888-4128. Our question today, all 30 Major League Baseball teams have had at least one former player make it into the Hall of Fame. Two teams have had only one Hall of Famer each. All you have to do this morning to win is name the two teams. 
who have had only one former player make it into the Hall of Fame. Don't have to name the name of the players, although you get mm-hmm. extra credit, but just the teams. That's all we needed to know. Give you a chance to win coming up here in 20 minutes. Be ready to call 208-336-3700 or pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. A great one. Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 8.07. He is Chris Welton. I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for listening in. Now uh, open now and still up. Not as much as it was before the opening in the futures, but still up uh, almost 200 points this morning. NASDAQ, Standard & Poor all continued to be up. So that's good news, at least for today. But there's plenty of time for it to change. <laughs> Speaking of change, actually this isn't change. Uh, it continues. Um, if you're headed uh, north the Highway 55, expect delays beginning today. Uh, temporary closures will be happening. Idaho 55 near Smith's Ferry um, beginning today and going on this week and for the rest of the year. Um, Idaho Transportation Department announced that construction work will resume on the road between Smith's Ferry and Rainbow Bridge. Drivers uh, could expect to see a single-lane road with alternating traffic flow and uh, an up to 15-minute or more delay, depending on uh, you know how, how you hit that alternating traffic. Same strip of highway, uh, a busy popular route for uh, traveling from Boise area to McCall and Cascade. We'll see temporary closures beginning next month, uh, with the department saying it could close the road from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Monday through Thursday, starting sometime in mid-April, although there are no exact dates on that as of yet. So just be aware, if you are traveling north um, or south, coming back on Highway 55, it's going to take you a little extra time, at least Monday uh, through Thursday, because of that alternating route. All right. Phone lines are open this morning, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless, want to weigh in about uh, Boise State, number eight seed, or are you just happy that they made it? And it's the highest seed that they have ever had. Unfortunately, that high seed is going to make it so they have to play Gonzaga if they're able to get by Memphis, which is not an easy, no, last easy time we, task. Last time we played Memphis was a year ago, and we lost to Memphis. Memphis probably has a... Uh, High pick in the uh, NBA draft with a freshman. Different team, though, than a year ago. Boys different team, is. yeah. Um, both teams are a little different, although both teams much better. I would say Memphis is, is well, much better. Both teams were in the NIT last year, and both teams are in the NCAA this year. To give you uh, an idea, Memphis beat Houston twice this year. First time they beat them, Houston was ranked number six in the nation. Houston only has like five uh, losses all season, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they're, they're a uh, sixth seed, um, and... Was it sixth or fifth? They might be a fifth. I think they're a fifth seed. Houston's a fifth seed. Um, and Memphis State beat them twice out of the three times that they played them this wow. year. So um, they also beat uh, St. Louis, which Boise State lost to. Uh, they beat Alabama. As usual. In the NCAA tournament. As usual, because of the different schedules, you know, obviously in different conferences. The team with the best overall record is not a very high uh, seed. That's Murray State. Yeah. They're 27 and 2. Which is absolutely amazing, and they're, but, but they're, they're a very not, good. Team. But they're not expected to even beat San Francisco in the first round. I, I would I would take Murray State. They're a very good team. Although San Francisco has been pretty good, especially earlier in the year, they kind of fell off. Yeah. You know, towards the end of the year. I think that's um, a seven versus ten. Matchup. Yeah, um, I, I think I would pick Murray State. I was looking at statistics last night from all of the NCAA tournaments, uh, at least since the since it went to sixty four teams. 
you know, before it was 68, but you know, those are playing games anyway, 64 teams. And, uh, obviously number ones have beaten number 16s all but once in the first round. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, tons of number twos have beaten the number 15s, etc. The only one where, uh, more underdogs have won is nine versus eight. More in the nine versus eight matchup, more uh, teams ranked number nine have have won than teams, but it's very close. It's very close. It's yeah. like fifty two percent or something. Nine, like that. nine versus eight, they're considered equal usually. Pretty nine much. versus eight, um, playing games. I say that of course, knowing Boise State is ranked number eight. Is it Wyoming and taking on Indiana in that playing game? Yeah. That's, and, that's and again, a good game. But that again, be a fun that, game to watch. Again, that's a play-in game for number what eleven or twelve. Yeah, I, as I, opposed I, to a play-in game for number sixteen, which is the way it should be. And I don't understand. It's like some of them are sixteen you know, play-in game is teams ranked sixteen, and then you have this one that will be at what number eleven? Is that what it is? Eleven or twelve? I can't. Eleven remember. or twelve? Yeah. And it's like what? I, I don't understand the justifi- how they pick the play-in the, the, games. The justification for that, for not having all the play-in games be 16, is they wanted the play-in games, at least one or two of them, to be more exciting. Well, they and, they figured, and they figured get better teams in the, play- in the play-in games. Hey, I think they're interesting enough just with the number 16 teams. Wyoming and Indiana is a kind of an exciting game to watch in the play-in games. The play-in games go tomorrow, correct? Yeah. yeah, tomorrow is the play-in game, so we'll get right. to see those. Um, there is one other team that is uh, doing very well, and it's interesting... Um, the comparisons to Boise State and the uh, College of Idaho Coyotes. College of Idaho Coyotes, Coach of the Year in their conference. Boise State, Coach of the Year in their conference. College of Idaho, top player, freshman player of the year. Yeah. Boise State, top freshman player of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, both of them, not very, in, very good seniors game, who are yeah. playing their last games. Right. Um, NAIA tournaments. The College of Idaho Coyotes have made it into the Sweet 16. They uh, won their uh, local bracket here this weekend, winning both games at J.A. Albertson's Activity Center in Caldwell. So they will now move on. Uh, It was NAIA's first edition of their 64-team bracket. And the number 3 seed uh, Coyotes will be going on now to Kansas City, Missouri for the NAIA Sweet 16, where they'll face off against number seed Grace coming up this Thursday. I always enjoyed, uh, when I was a kid, you know, I lived in Twin Falls, and uh, the CSI team was always good, the College of Southern mm-hmm. Idaho yep. team, and they won the national championship in the mid-70s, I think maybe 76, and that was pretty exciting for Twin Falls to have a national champion. Two years ago, College of Idaho was expected, they were the number one seed in the nation, they were like 30-2. and two, But they got upset. And no. They played their first game and then they canceled it because of COVID. Oh, that's right. They didn't get upset. They yeah, didn't get upset. Right. Well, they, they did. Just, they just they just had to forfeit. <laughs> yeah, their best team, their their best team. They canceled the tournament after the first round of the game. So um, that was their best chance to win. But hopefully they'll uh, get their number three I, I seed do this rem- year. I do remember being disappointed. But you're right. They didn't lose a game. Yeah. KBOI News Time is eight thirteen. Uh, coming up here next, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. That's on the way with the chance at a fifty dollars gift certificate to Huck House Brunchette. We'll get to that right after Bronco Sports today. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. All right, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question, brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, the number 37th-ranked Berkshire Hathaway brokerage in the world. Three continents, nine countries, 1,500 brokerages, and that's right, they are ranked number 
37th in the world. Scott's going to get our first crack at uh, winning our $50 gift certificate to Huck House Brunchette this morning. Scott, all 30 Major League Baseball teams have had at least one former player make it into the Hall of Fame. Two teams have had only one Hall of Famer each. Name the two teams who have had only one former player make it into the Hall of Fame. Don't need the names of the players, although extra credit given <laughs> doesn't get you anything, but we just need to, to know the names of the teams. What are the two teams? Well, i got five teams on my list with only one. Arizona Diamondbacks, Randy Johnson, Colorado Rockies, Larry Walker. No, that is not it. Keep trying. 208-336-3700. All 30 Major League Baseball teams have had at least one former player make it into the Hall of Fame. All right. Keep in mind, it's one former player, not a player that entered the Hall of Fame with that team, with that cap on, with that cap on. Yeah, a lot of a lot of lists will list just the primary team, uh, but uh, this is you know, if if a Hall of Famer even played one game for you, Connie, you get uh, next crack at it. What are the two teams that have only one former player that is in the Hall of Fame? My guess is Pirates and the White Sox. That is not it, Connie. Uh, Denise, you get a crack at it this morning. 208-336-3700. Denise, what are the two teams uh, that have had only one former player make it into the Hall of Fame? Uh, how about the Blue Jays and the Diamondbacks? No. These are good guesses. Okay. Good good guesses. All of them incorrect. Looks like, uh, I think this is like the 12th time Ever that we have stumped everybody, Chris? Only 12? I think it's only been 12 times that we have stumped everybody. Now, as, as far as the Diamondbacks, uh, be, because it's like, you know, only one, but Randy Johnson played for the Diamondbacks, and uh, Roberto Alomar ended up playing 125 games for them late in his career. But, should I go ahead and give the answer? Let's go ahead and give the answer. Answer, Tampa Bay Rays and Colorado Rockies. Wade Boggs for Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. Larry Walker for the Colorado Rockies. Yeah. And Larry, with Larry Walker, he started out with the Expos and then made a big splash with the Rockies. And, uh, of course, Boggs just played for the Tampa Bay toward the end of his career. No winner for our Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. I blame it on daylight saving time because people aren't <laughs> thinking, you know, really well today. Uh, but that's, since a hard, we, that's a hard one to find. It is a most, hard one, Most yeah. of the time when you look it up. You know, Hall of Fame, they tell you just the primary team that they're, they're listed with. Um, that means we have a $50 gift certificate to Huck House Brunchette that we will be giving away this morning. We'll give that away before 10 o'clock, and we'll just be giving that to Caller 6. You don't have to be smart or anything. You won't even have to blame it on daylight savings time. So that's coming up here before 10 o'clock. Stick around for that. On the way next, news at the bottom of the hour, and we talk about Broncos and the uh, Mountain West Championship and also the upcoming NCAA tournament. Bob Beeler will be with us on the way in 10 minutes. This is Bronco Monday. We'll discuss the most recent Boise State game and talk about the upcoming schedule. Now here's Mike Casper, Chris Walton, and the voice of the Broncos, Bob Beeler, on 670 KBOI. 838, he's Chris Walton, I'm Mike Casper, Bob Beeler, voice of the Broncos with us. It's a good week for uh, only the first time in history. Boise State has won the Mountain West Tournament. Only the fifth time in history that a team has won the Mountain West regular season and the Mountain West Tournament. And uh, I got to say, Boise State just keeps finding ways to get it done. I, I think that's the story of the season when you 
look at this group. I mean, and I think number one, it is a group. I think if you looked at people individually, you know, they they're good, but they're better when they work together. This is a team in every sense of the word. Different guys, different nights. So much depends on matchups as far as like who might be the the star of the game. And, you know, you get to stop against San Diego State. They have 30 seconds, basically, to try to get, you know, something to go in. They get two or three shots up at the basket. None of them are good looks. They all bounce off, and at the end, the ball is bouncing back towards half court, and Boise State is celebrating a 53-52 win. Unbelievable. Somebody wrote in, Bob, and uh, wanted to know, uh, what's what's the most fun you've ever had as a broadcaster, and is this it? (laughs) <laughs> I think this for a long term has been a lot of fun. Uh, you know, a lot of the games with, uh, you know, when Kellen Moore and that group were here going 50-3, and three, my first four seasons was an awful lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, you know, sitting there ranked in the top ten. <laughs> uh, but as far as basketball, th- this would be it. I mean, we've had some good teams here, but this team has been unbelievable. And then to think the fact that it started three and four. Uh, and they're going to face a team that uh, – kind of has had a similar plight they started memphis the team we're going to face thursday started nine and eight so we've got two teams that really have you know kind of come on strong uh the interesting thing is memphis played three games in their conference tournament they got to the final and lost it and lost it by 18 to houston who really is good um but uh their games weren't close uh, won two pretty easily and lost to Houston pretty easily. So this is uh, this is the highest seed we've ever had. Oh yeah, absolutely. And However, probably the best chance. You know, I don't know. The games in the first four were fifty-fifty games mm-hmm. against LaSalle and Dayton. Of course, Dayton you had to play on their home court. Um, you know, I have no idea. I would guess maybe when the line comes out, Boise State's going to be favored in this thing. But um, eight nine games can go either way. And and you know, a lot of people said, well, you know, why didn't they get a higher seed? Yeah. If you look at the computers, they probably the computer number probably lines up in the eight line for them. I mean, I don't know. Like Colorado State got a six. Biggest difference is Colorado State did not lose a non-conference game. They were undefeated in non-conference. Boise State had two what I would view as bad losses: one at UC Irvine and one that home game to Bakersfield that I think probably hurt them as far as seeding goes. But is Michigan worse than Memphis? According to the seed, they are. Yeah. yeah. Do you think you have any better chance of beating Michigan that Colorado State drew? Or I don't know. I think when you get into about that six to ten, eleven ranking, I don't know that there's that much difference between the teams. And I think it's going to come down to matchups and who plays well. I mean, both teams will be on the road. Is there any advantage to the fact that we're one state away and they have to come halfway across the country or more? Yeah, I would think there'd be some advantage to that. I, I would be surprised if Boise State didn't have more people <coughs> cheering for them. I mean, if, if you know, if you're looking, here's the thing. If you get a higher seed, you're probably not playing in Portland. So everybody that that is going to Portland should thank the NCAA committee <laughs> for making them an eight. That is if you wouldn't go to Indianapolis, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, or, you know, Greenville, yeah. South Carolina. So. Joe Lenardi, ESPN bracketologist, called the uh, biggest miss mm-hmm. of the brackets Boise State being an eight seed. He said he had them much higher than yeah. uh, number eight. I, I, and, I thought they were going to be a six myself. I but, did too. But, I mean, so it's they're been, the six. You, you're going to have a better chance. You're probably going to have a better chance in round two. I mean, if Colorado State beats that's, Michigan, yeah, that's, they're going to the tangle point. with Tennessee, yeah. and we're going to tangle with Gonzaga. Uh, San Diego State is in the tournament at the same line, eighth line as Boise State. They're facing uh, 
Creighton in the first round. I don't know if Creighton's any better or worse than Memphis. And then the second game, they're going to get Kansas, the number one seed in the, oh, wow. in the Midwest. So to me, Kansas and Gonzaga are about the same. Tennessee is worse. You know, not that they're bad. They're a three seed. But, uh, you know, I, I think I would, if you told me I could pick between Kansas, Tennessee, and uh, Gonzaga to play and I have money on the line and I want to advance, I think I'd rather play Tennessee. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then I, I'd rather play uh, Kansas than, than Gonzaga, too. But I've watched a lot of Gonzaga yeah, this year. I mean, year. I, I, don't, I think the difference between Kansas and Gonzaga is not as big as the difference between the two of them and yeah, Tennessee, Tennessee. I would agree but, with that. But, hey, you got to win the first one. Like, Bukijab yesterday was asked about, you know, looking ahead, you know, because you know, everybody wants to play Gonzaga. And, of course, with Coach Rice's ties there, they've never been willing to play, you know, looking ahead. And he, he had the line of the day. I mean, if you don't beat Memphis, it doesn't matter because you're not playing Gonzaga, you know. Yeah, I, is, uh, I, I even loved when they when they were talking about looking at because they haven't looked ahead all year. Coach hasn't no. done it. Everybody hasn't done it, and um, they they ask Coach Rice about you know looking ahead. And this was before they were announced. You know who they were going to play. They were asking about you know, hey, now now you've won the tournament, you can now officially look ahead to the game. He didn't even look ahead to the game. He goes, now now we need to concentrate on getting healthy and getting everyone. That's right. the next thing Speaking we need mm-hmm. to do and get ready before we even think about next Thursday. Speaking right. of healthy, was our freshman of the year uh, healthy or no on Saturday? He was better than he was on Friday. He rolled okay. the ankle on Friday. I mean, he moved around. You saw him, you know, nail down some threes to start the game. He was 5 of 11. He had uh, two or three charges taken. You know, was he 100%? I doubt it. I don't think anybody on the team really is 100%. No, I, now, would, I would agree with that. And then and then uh, Shaver still looked sore. I don't know if he still – probably still was feeling sick if he hadn't practiced in a number of days. Yeah, so, I didn't think he was back to normal either. I mean, he was 2 for 10 in the game. Now, a couple of times, uh, you know, he got one he got in when he went underneath Mensa and got the basket. He got rejected a couple of times too. So um, this Memphis team's going to have a big center as well. So – uh, they've got a guy that they think is going to be a one-and-done lottery pick guy, um, freshman center uh, by the name of Duran, Jalen Duran, 6'11", 250. So uh, he's their leading scorer and leading rebounder. We well, played these guys. These guys ended our season last year in the NIT. They ended up winning the NIT. So I think we need to kind of turn the tables on them. If our moose can play as good a defense as he played against uh, EK. Oh, oh. oh. Man, that, he he was just uh, uh, on a mission that game. Yeah, and I don't think he did badly against Mensa. No, I mean, Mensa's a good player. Mensa only had four points in the game. He was just so, dominant. I mean, uh, oh, he EK dominated. Just EK. disappeared he was, yeah. in the second half of that game. It was yeah, awesome. Yeah. Well, well and, and every game was outstanding. The league I thought this year was as good as it's been as a group, and and Wyoming was rewarded with a uh, first four, um, which is good. Yep. I mean, you know, love to see them play. Uh, um, Indiana, and then they would be coming to Portland after that, and they'll be in the evening session. I'll, I'll be rooting for Wyoming. I mean, I'd love the, to the, see uh, the Mountain West get four wins this year. It would be just awesome oh, to get four wins in that first round. And the other thing people don't necessarily realize is that they determine money out of the NCAA tournament by how many games you play. So for each win that the Mountain West gets – they get what they call a unit. More money, more money. So more money, more money, more money. <laughs> so if, you know, Boise State, Colorado State, San Diego State, and Wyoming can get some wins here, baby, the Mountain West yeah. is going to get some money to the kitty. We'll take a break. Uh, more on the way. We're talking Mountain West basketball and the Mountain West Championship, the beginning of the NCAA tournament. We'll have more with Bob Beeler here from the coach coming up here next.
Now, back up Bronco Monday on 670 KBOI. Once again, great week if you're a Boise State fan, even with daylight saving time. Bob <laughs> Feeler with us this morning. Yeah, it was darker getting up this morning, wasn't it? I hate it. All right, well, let's talk about some things that are good. That's Boise State winning the Mountain West, heading on to the NCAA tournament, going to Portland. Thursday game, 11.45 in the morning. Our pregame will start at 11. And uh, yesterday when the team got back, Coach Rice was asked about the strengths of Memphis. Tigers are 21-10 and 10 on the year, runner-up in the American. That's a challenge. You focus on all the things that you're going to need to do well yourself, and which is good because then you get to work on what you do. You get to work on, you know, your strengths and, and, you know, sharpen up some of our knives before, you know, before we head down there. And then, you know, we head down Tuesday night, and then that first game is the 7-8 or 8-9 game. And so we'll get to watch that. And then we just have, like, two different scripts because we played them both, and two different guys scout those two teams. And then... Well, whoever wins, that's the script we're handed, and, and we adjust on the fly quickly. And so there's a lot that goes into it and a lot of prep that goes into it, you know, when when you have to sit and not know who you're playing. Guys, that wasn't the clip about Memphis. I don't know if I sent you guys the wrong clip or not, but uh, that wasn't the clip. That was the clip from last week that uh, talked about uh, what he was heading into the tournament. So, uh um, why don't we go to break and let me look if and see that I did send the right stuff, and uh, we'll come back. What do you think? All right, we'll take a quick break here. News Talk, uh, KBOI, it's 8.50. Now, back to Bronco Monday on 670 KBOI. 8.52, once again, Bob Beeler with us this morning. Let's see if we got uh, the technical difficulties worked out here. Bryce talking about Memphis. Let's see if we got the right one this time super athletic and they they get after the ball really hard and they you know remember the first half down there uh in the nit we you know i think we probably were going to set a school record for turnovers in that first half because of them and uh that's what they're doing they can disrupt a game and and uh really not let you do what you're trying to do and try to play it on their terms and but then they make up for any mistakes they make with their extreme athleticism and um you know, and then they're one of the best rebounding teams in the country, too. So all those things, you know, make for tough sledding against them. And one of the problems of the game last year against Memphis, Boise State did not have Max Rice, did not have a Bukijab, because both of those guys were having surgery. Memphis won 59-56, had a chance to ask a Bukijab what he remembers about the game, watching it on TV. I didn't go because I had my surgery. But what I remember about them is uh, they're a very uh, gritty team. Um... They really play defense, they full court press, they try to turn you over and make the game uh, very fast paced. And that's who they are, and I think it's, gonna, it's a really good matchup for us and a very good uh, first round. And again, the winner will face the winner of Gonzaga and Georgia State, and I would guess that's going to be Gonzaga. The odds are, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't play Gonzaga without beating Memphis. I'm looking over Memphis's list of of games uh i don't know that there is a common opponent on the schedule i don't see one this year um and then uh, looking at uh, memphis's stats uh, jalen duran that 611 freshman center that they think is going to go to the nba next year 12 points eight rebounds shoot 63 percent from the floor and then there's five players that played on the roster last year deandre williams who scored nine in the game 
against Boise State. Lester Quinones had ten, and Landers Nolly the second had eight, and then two other guys had two. This so might be I'd say a, about half the roster is back from last year. This might be a little like looking in the mirror too, because all five of the players average more than ten points a game, right? Or double yeah, digits. Yeah, Boise I mean. State has five starters that average between seven. The low is Armouche, and, and I believe it's fifteen for Kijab. So both of these are teams. It's unlike say UNLV. You know, with uh, Bryce Hamilton that scores all the points, or Wyoming that, you know, EK and Maldonado score, you know, the lion's share of the points between the two of them. San Diego State is more like Memphis in the fact that they're athletic, they, they're defensive oriented, uh, they hold opponents to less than 40% shooting. Uh, and then rebounding has been a key for Boise State all year. These guys are a plus six. That's about what Boise State is. So many of the strengths of Memphis are the strengths of Boise State. What is the uh, travel like? Do you know uh, this week? I believe, I believe we're heading over tomorrow. We haven't. I haven't officially got what the you know time or whatever. But then Wednesday they have an official practice that fans can go to in Portland, as well as uh, interview sessions with all the teams that are at the Portland site. So uh, I believe they'll leave sometime tomorrow, and uh, again practice over there on Wednesday. Game Thursday, and then hopefully practice again Friday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, if you're going to get tickets, I did check out this morning, Chris. Um, scalping is legal ah, okay. in Oregon. So, okay. um, one, if, one of the things that's going to make them a little more expensive is Boise State and Gonzaga are in the same session. Yeah. Did you see a price? Uh, $100 for if you get them through the Boise State ticket office. Well, yeah, However, let's say if you're going on the secondary market. I haven't seen the secondary market, but even on the Boise State uh, ticket, if you buy your tickets, they're $100 each, you can buy up to four. Um, and if you um, get the four tickets, you have no way of opting out for the second game. If Boise State wins, you automatically get charged for the second game so 800. on Saturday. Yeah, so if you buy four tickets, it's going to cost you 800 bucks. Well, I'll tell you what, you get two games both days. I think it's a pretty good deal, if you yeah, ask me. Not now. bad. I think Boise State for sure is going to sell their allotment. I mean, if the game was in Buffalo, they might not sell their allotment, but I think they'll... Yeah, because you can drive think, to the game I think, I think a lot of people that are going to want to go are going to maybe have to go to the secondary market because they don't give each school very many tickets to the games. Yeah. All right, uh, timing for Thursday? Uh, 11 o'clock in the morning for the pregame show a little show different, right? I'm sorry? A little different, right? 45, Early game? 45 minutes ahead. Uh, we'll have a 15-minute extra pregame yep. show. All right. So we'll, we'll start at 11 o'clock. And uh, they'll tip it at 11.45. All right. Sounds good. We'll be looking for the uh, play call for you. Bob, thank you. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Great. The night at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Huh, final hour of the show. Uh, chance for you to be a part of the show and participate. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can email chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Send us an instant message. Uh, you can also text us, same as our main number at 208-336-3700. want to talk about Boise State. Make it into the NCAA tournament as an 8 seed. Did they get screwed? Is it okay? Are you just happy that they're there? It's the highest seed that they've ever That's true. Um, received. We've never played a game in the NCAA tournament where Boise State was the higher seed, and we're going to on Thursday. Um, by the way, it will all be carried here live once again, 670 KBOI, beginning at 11 o'clock with the pregame. Bob and Abe will have that for you, and then the uh, call will happen at 11.45 for those of you who don't have enough sick days to take off on Thursday and Friday to watch the NCAA <laughs> tournament. <laughs> I think I'm starting, just call it, 
COVID. I got COVID. Mm-hmm. I I don't, but it's, I, it's I, the forty-eight hour kind. I, I I'm not sick, but I do have my uh, iPad in my hands. You see who has COVID? Oh yeah, uh, Obama. Obama has COVID. Yeah, yeah. Said he's did, so far he's doing fine. Had a scratchy, uh, scratchy and sore throat. Got tested and has been confirmed to have COVID. By the way, um, happy anniversary to you, Chris. Happy anniversary to me. Yeah. Well, all of us. What uh, what what happened on March fourteenth? Um, it actually was on the thirteenth. Uh, COVID began in Idaho. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, happy sorry, anniversary. To sorry, you two year anniversary in, in, in twenty twenty. Okay. COVID nineteen related deaths. It's Pi Day, by the way. Since it started, four thousand eight hundred and nineteen. Wow. Hospitalizations six sixteen thousand two hundred thirteen. Patients in intensive care since it began two thousand seven hundred eighty six. Total cases in Idaho four. Hundred thirty-seven thousand nine hundred thirty-one. Wow. Okay. Two years into the uh, pandemic. Um, well, it could be much worse. The uh, it's now the third leading cause over the last two years in Idaho, ahead of Alzheimer's, diabetes, and suicide. Only heart disease and cancer killed more people in Idaho since it uh, began two years ago. Um. It's killing more people than flu does, even in a bad flu season. That's according to Dr. Christine Hahn, Idaho State epidemiologist she said compared to influenza officials said the coronavirus death count has been massive there were more than 2700 COVID-19 related deaths in 2021 with just four recorded flu related deaths according to uh, data from the Bureau of Vital Records and Health Statistics within Idaho in 2019 before the pandemic uh, changed people's behavior and took the sting out of cold and flu season she said there were only 73 flu related deaths in the entire year before COVID started the COVID-related death rate is about 1.1% in Idaho. That's for the total known cases. Han said if you had a 1 in 100 chance of winning the lottery, you'd probably buy a ticket every day because you'd think that's pretty good odds. The odds of dying from COVID-19 if you test positive in Idaho are about the same, 1 in 100. All right. And that's the two-year update for you. Um, this is kind of a strange thing, and I, don't, I guess I don't, I don't know why, and, and there was nothing in the article that talked about it, um, almost 60% of COVID-19 deaths in the state have been men. 60%, huh? 60%. Hmm. You would well, ex- I wonder why the I, Yeah, I, I would have expected there. that to be, you know, pretty much 50-50. I guess that's advantage women, isn't it? If yeah. men are dying at a higher rate. Nearly 42% of the deaths were people in their 80s, 28% in their 70s, and uh, about 18% were in their 60s. And uh, once again, um, according to the numbers... Uh, across Idaho counties, the rate of vaccination has had a significant correlation with per capita deaths, according to data analysis conducted by uh, the University of Idaho. Death rates were generally lower in counties, counties with higher vaccination rates. 11 times less likely to be hospitalized, 20 times less likely to die of COVID than the uh, and of course, vaccinated People. Based on the the wishes of my own doctor or the advice of my own personal physician, those are the odds that I went with. Hopefully, I know as we're talking about this two year anniversary of it, first uh, getting our first death in in Idaho, that uh, we are it's it's still going on. There are people still getting COVID every day, but it looks like uh, we've seen the worst of it for now, at least in the uh, United the, States. The let's one let's thing. hope that that's the end of it. One thing that's fairly universal is that we're kind of tired of, of talking about it and just wish it would go away. I would love 
love to see it absolutely completely go away. Um, I don't know if that's going to be true or not. Pfizer CEO said that a fourth COVID shot is probably going to be necessary. He said it, it's not necessary right now, but he said a fourth COVID shot is probably going to be necessary. And he said he, he sees a possibility that it could be something that will be needed every year, just like we get the flu shots to uh, stave it off from coming back every year. I hope that's not the case, but I mean, there, I mean, there's a real possibility that that could be the case. I'm going to say this again because uh, uh, you didn't respond last time, but it is Pi Day. Pi, mm-hmm. it's you know March 14th, three yes. four three point one four. So uh, what you're supposed to do to celebrate Pi Day is you know not to just draw a circle, but actually eat a pie. And I'm okay with that. Well, that's two different pies, though. Eat, eat a pie, by the way, was my fraternity. <laughs> eat a pie. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I belong to, I felt a thigh. So yeah, it was two I, different. I tap a keg was our rival. <laughs> uh, Randy, they, they threw better parties. Randy texts uh, in and says, I don't know if it's been mentioned or not, but the comic strict Lola mentioned you two um, in the Nampa press. Mm-hmm. Uh, Randy, thank you very much. Yes, That's that Lola, was noticed. Lola drawn uh, and everything by, by Todd Clark, who is uh, a local, Idol. local yeah. and a terrific guy. Uh, by the way, if you did not see the comic and would like to, I, I did post it on our uh, web, our Facebook page at 670KBOI. Yeah. If you want to check it out on our, our own Facebook page at 670KBOI, uh, you can check it out there. It is pretty funny, and it's funny because it's true. Well, yeah. I mean, this one, this one is very – I mean, he's – okay, the three times that I've been in Lola, it's been very close every single time. Uh, especially that one about, uh, you know, where she couldn't understand what, what we were saying. Last time. I laughed out loud when I first read this one this morning. But, yeah, we have seen it. If you want to check it out, um, once again, you can go on our Facebook page. I uh, did post there for you to check it out. John in Boise writes in, uh, thank you guys for mentioning the College of Idaho. Back in 2004, the Yotes basketball team took BSU to school in Taco Bell Arena. Epic team basketball. It would be fun to see them play a scrimmage again. Or, or just a tournament game. Back when we used to, uh, when Boise State used to host uh, the uh, Albertsons uh, tournament at, at Christmas time. No, it wasn't the Albertsons. The Albertsons tournament uh, uh, was the one at Christmas time, but it was the real Dairy Classic. That's what it was. The real Dairy Classic always had four teams from Idaho. And sometimes uh, Idaho State or Idaho would come and play an extra, you know, a big sky game. But also they had uh, NN. See at the time, and then you know, and uh, College of Idaho and Lewis Clark State were in it. And Boise, I was there when Boise State lost to Lewis Clark State one year. And, <laughs> and uh, it, it's always kind of weird when you're the tournament host and you don't make it into yeah. the finals. Um, I, I mean, I don't think College of Idaho um, would stand a chance against this particular Boise State team. I'm just glad that they're both doing well. In case you missed it earlier this morning, um, College of Idaho uh, Coyotes are officially in. The Sweet 16, they won their first two games in their first pod, which for the first time ever were played uh, in in Idaho. They played at uh, College of Idaho, J.A. Albertson's Stadium this uh, past weekend. They won both of those two games, and now they move on to Kansas City, where they'll be a part of the Sweet 16. Their game is also uh, on Thursday. I'm not quite sure what time their game plays. I, I'm sure it's probably going to be right up against Boise State. You know, so, every, everything's, up <laughs> can't to, watch both everything's up to date in Kansas City. Uh, Mike, this is from Connie, uh, another text message. Don't be freaking out over the cost of bacon. Be freaking out over stinking daylight saving time. 
He's doing, a, he's doing a good both. one, guys. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm freaking out over yeah. daylight saving. Remember, time. you don't have to freak out over just one thing. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm feeling a Sometimes little. Sometimes it's a lot uh, more cathartic if you, uh, you know, throw every one of your problems or concerns in there. I'm feeling a little strokey right now. As a matter of fact, eight <laughs> percent uh, increase in stroke, ten percent increase in heart attacks the day after, the Monday after daylight saving time. Um, somebody just watch me if, uh, you know, if I'm. If I fall down, don't just roll me over and think I'm going to be better. It's probably daylight saving time. Don't just steal his wallet. Don't, yeah, def, call, well, the, call the police. If you steal my wallet, uh, we're both going to be broke. Uh, you want to talk about Ammon Bundy? Because as we said, the only uh, true thing in life that's absolutely true is death, taxes, and Ammon Bundy getting arrested. He was arrested again over the weekend. Uh, Bundy, who was running for governor, as you probably know, arrested on uh, Saturday night after refusing to leave you know, a hospital. I, I could see his point, but I can also see the point of the police because the, the, the child in question, 10 months old, was malnourished and uh, the uh, the doctors and, and police had had to uh, be aware of this and take care of it. And then the next time uh, the child was weighed, uh, she had actually lost weight, which is not what's supposed to be happening. So they were basically doing it as a as a welfare check type of thing. Yeah. And and they were due to last Friday morning take the child to the uh, doctor once again for a checkup. And apparently the mother was not feeling up to it. She didn't feel well, so called in and left a message on the uh, doctor's answering machine saying that she would not be making a trip and would reschedule that. Um, according to reports, mm-hmm. they did get uh, a hold of the uh, father. Later in the day, the father said that uh, he would uh, bring the child in for a checkup, and that never happened, and that's apparently when um, the doctor called the Child Protective Services, according to reports. Once again, this is all according to reports. Don't have any inside knowledge uh, of of this. Um, we talked earlier, a little bit earlier about it, and I mean, I can go both ways on it, because I watched the video. Um, the mother, by the way, recorded the entire time that, from the time that the police stopped them at the gas station to the time that she was uh, taken in, into the uh, ambulance and then that the child was eventually taken away. And the police officer there, to get her and keep things in calm, and I, and I totally get it, you know, told her, I promise you, you will be allowed to go with your child to the hospital. In the we ambulance. Just, in the ambulance. We just need to get you in the ambulance, and then you'll be able to go with, you know, your child in the ambulance to the hospital. The part I don't understand is is if you made that promise, you know, and it was another police officer then that came and said, no, you are not, you, you have two choices here. You can either give us your child and we will take him to the hospital or you cannot give us the child and we will arrest you and take the child from you forcibly and take the child to the hospital. Um, like I said, I, I, I'm not there. I don't know you know, what the ramifications uh, of everything are, what the, the you know, the you know, the orders were for the police. Um, it, it's just, if you, you know, make that promise, I promise you, you will be able to go to the hospital with your son. I, I don't understand then why did, you, why did they change that? You heard it. He didn't say something like, if you calm down. No, or, no he said, I promise you. No she goes, I just want to keep, I just want to be with my son. He said, okay, I promise you, if you get out, 
and get into the ambulance, you can go with your son. And yeah, she yeah. did all that stuff? And she did all that stuff. And kudos, the whole time, you know, the police the the police were kept things very low-key. Um, she kept things low-key. Nobody, nobody was, you know, flipping out. It, it never got contentious at any time until the very end. And, you know, so, so I get, I get both sides of this thing. I don't get Ammon Bundy, um, obviously. Um, if there's anybody who has, um, experience with being arrested for trespassing, it should be him knowing that, hey, if they tell you to get off, uh, the property and you don't, you're probably going to get arrested because it's happened multiple times within the last but he doesn't couple have, of years. But he doesn't have uh, expertise in not getting arrested. Apparently not. And he goes to court today on a couple of those other charges. We'll take you a break here. If you want to weigh in on your thoughts, please feel free to do so. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 920, don't forget, KBOI Million Dollar Bracket Challenge is live and underway at KBOI.com. Did you fill one out yet? Not yet. I have. Plan on getting it done today. My, my bracket's already in shambles. I have to do some... How could it be in shambles? Nobody's played yet. I just know it is. Oh, okay. Um, I have to do some studying yet before I fill mine out. Um, here's the thing. It, it's fun, it's free, and it could net you ten grand if you get 60 winners correct. You could win $1 million if you get a perfect... Bracket. Now, keep in mind, all brackets have to be completed and submitted by 10 a.m. this Thursday. So before tip-off of the first game on Thursday morning, you have to have your million-dollar bracket challenge uh, submitted. Just go to KBOI.com, click on the link, and uh, here's even the fun part of it. You can try and beat all of us because uh, Chris, myself, Nate... Uh, Rick, we're all going to be filling out bra- for brackets, so uh, see if you can... Yes, uh, we are. Right for humiliation. Get bragging rights over us, uh, at the very least. Plus, at the at the most, you could win 10000 or maybe a million dollars. So once again, kboi.com. Uh, click on the uh, million-dollar bracket link, and then uh, just fill out your bracket. Jacob writes in, Mike, at kboi.com. Uh, the starting thing is that Child Protective Services can take this child, yet we have a religious cult that can let a child die due to lack of medical care and there is nothing that can be done that is an interesting thing yeah uh that uh, there are you know there are people who for religious reasons do not take their child to a hospital they they pray instead uh and you know i've i've always said i think your philosophy as well as mine is if you you pray for a child to get well and uh, god says Hey, remember, there's a hospital full of doctors in this town, mm-hmm. and that's the answer to your prayer. But that's not how they look at it. Always reminds me uh, of that joke. You know, there's a guy out in the ocean, and he's uh, sitting there treading water, and he's afraid of drowning, and he prays to God, and he says, God, please help me. I don't want to drown. I don't want to die. Please please help me. And he's out there for hours, and uh, and, and pretty soon a canoe comes by and uh, said, hey, we can give you a ride. And he's like, no, no, thank you. He goes, God's going to help, and and uh, <laughs> I'm going to count on God. Pretty yeah. soon he's out there for another six, seven hours treading water. Ship comes by and says, hey, we're here to help. Do you need uh, a ride? And he's like, nope, God will take care of me. Um, then, of course, he, he ends up drowning, and he gets to heaven, and he asks God, and he goes, God, I pray to you, I ask for you for help, and he goes, what do you want me to do? I sent you a canoe and a ship, and yeah. you turned them both down. 
I've always believed that if you ask God for help, that you more than likely will get it, depending on the situation. However, it won't necessarily come in what you would call supernatural form. It, it might seem very normal. Mm-hmm. You know, the the other question that you ask here, you know, bringing up, uh, you know, people who don't have to have, you know, yeah, if they want to just have prayer and not go get help from a doctor, those people, they still can be charged for murder if their child dies, right? And they don't get help, even though, I mean, they, they Pro- can't be forced probably, to go get them, but they can still be charged for... Probably uh, negligence or yeah. uh, or uh, manslaughter. That's That's what I thought. Manslaughter is when you somebody died, but you didn't mean for it to happen, but it was your fault anyway. You know, the other thing that uh, people, and, and there, there's criticism on both sides here, um, you know, the people that criticize the police officers there, the police officers, and we talked to somebody who had worked in police enforcement a little bit earlier this morning, you know, as a police officer, and we flat out ask him, it's like, you know, in this situation, do you have discrimination, you, you know, to be able to say, you know what? I'm not going to follow orders here. I think this is perfectly fine. And he's like, no, you you have orders, and you your job is to carry out those orders. Right. You know, you can't basically take into your own terms which orders you're going to follow and which ones you aren't. I mean, as a policeman, though, I mean, you have a lot of of leeway to adapt to the situation and use your best judgment. But but again, if you've been directly ordered to do something, it's uh, a little like the military in that regard. Yeah. And, and the, the other one where people are criticizing police, you know, what do you think the criticism would be if the police then decide, maybe the police decide, well, you they, know what? If they'd have blown it off and the child yeah, died and of malnutrition. What, what the heck would the criticism of police be then? It's like, well, wait a minute. Child Protective Services said you need to take this child into custody mm-hmm. and get them help. You didn't do it, and that child died. You know, You're responsible for their death. Again, though, like I said earlier, I can completely understand... The, the point of view of, of the mother and, you know, Ammon Bundy as well, because I would not ever have wanted one of our kids to be taken away, uh, you know, by somebody who just assumed they knew better than we did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether it's, whether it's an official capacity or not. Uh, and, but I, but I said in, in my own uh, de- defense, uh, which most people probably know if they've met anybody in my family, including me, uh, nobody is is malnut- malnourished at our house, <laughs> or or even close to it. <laughs> and uh, by the way, I, I mean th- it, it. This isn't. I don't. I don't. I don't want to misconstrue this. Just so you know, the the child is not. We haven't mentioned that the child is not malnutrition because they're not feeding the child. The child has a problem apparently um, that needs to be digesting protein yeah, right now, taken care of medically. Um, that's the other part that I don't get at this and, and that I kind of agree with the mother. All right. There's two things here. Number one, the mother was promised by the police officer if she would get out peacefully and put her child, help put her child in the ambulance that he promised she would be able to go with him to the hospital. She followed all that. She got him into the ambulance and then went in the ambulance. Another police officer came in and said, you're not going to hospital with your child and she's like no i am not leaving my child which i think all of us you know as a parent would go no i'm not leaving my child alone with you so the fact that 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 promise was made here's the other thing the only thing apparently that the baby can eat right now is mother's milk and you just took the mother who is the only person Mm -hmm. you know that can give the baby or mother's milk away and are going to go in into the hospital and what are they going to do iv what I don't know. Marine Bob wrote in just a quick note, and I agree with it. He says, can't win. Rock, police, 
hard place. In other words, the police yeah. are between a rock and a hard place. No, they really damned are. If, damned if you do, damned if you don't. If, if you do something, you get criticized. And if you don't do something, you get criticized by different people. So you just have to do what you think is best and not worry about the criticism. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, your phone calls or phone lines are open if you want to weigh in. Please feel free to do that. You can also email Chris at KBOI.com or Mike at KBOI.com. We'll get to more of your phone calls and emails coming up after news, the bottom of the hour. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 9.35, he's Chris Walton, I'm Mike Asper. Thanks for listening in this morning. A uh, reminder for you, Nate Shellman this afternoon, 3 o'clock, his show begins at 3, and he'll begin the show with Governor Brad Little, live uh, here in the studio, and uh, he'll be also taking calls. So if you have questions that you've always wanted to ask Governor Brad Little, be listening in to Nate Shellman and be ready with your question to uh, call in and ask, because he'll be on the show for about an hour and uh, we'll be taking questions. Very upset that he didn't do that with, uh, with with us. I mean, I just had a drink with him about a week ago. Someone called in and wanted to know, uh, now that is College of Idaho now advancing to Kansas City uh, to the national tournament? And the answer is yes. Uh, their next game will be this Thursday at uh, 1 p.m. Central Time, 12 o'clock our time. They will play Grace College, uh, which is located somewhere in Indiana. Uh, but they will play them in Kansas City. So, yes, they have advanced to the national tournament. The Sweet 16 for the NAIA is all played in Kansas City. So the uh, first two rounds were played at various sites throughout the United States. College of Idaho, J.A. Albertson's um, Stadium, one of the places where they hosted for yeah. the first time ever. If they, if they happen to make it to the national championship game, that'll be on the 22nd, which is just this coming Tuesday. And what uh, what time do... Noon on Thursday is when they play Grace College. Noon on Thursday. So I was exactly which, which right. Which technically is Grace College and Seminary. Um, I was exactly right that if you're going to watch Boise State or listen to Boise State and, and uh, College of Idaho, they're on at the same time. <laughs> BSU tips off I knew a guy at 11.45 and the other one at 12 o'clock. I don't know if you ever heard of Larry Hovey that used to write for the... Twin Falls Times News. He was the sports uh, sports writer, not exactly the sports director, but he was a, a sports writer and columnist for years. And he would go to a uh, uh, a Twin Falls High School basketball game, and he would be sitting in the corner in a chair where he could see in the gymnasium, and he would have two transistor radios. On one of them, he would be listening to the CSI game, and on the other, he'd be listening to the University of Idaho game. <laughs> and and he, he could keep track of all three at once. Uh, Sean Wilder, thanks for being patient. Uh, you're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. All right. Yeah, I just had a question for you. I, he said you kind of guys touched on a little bit, but uh, I know back when I was in high school, we had a friend that uh, her parents really didn't believe in, in science and hospitals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And she got sick when we were like sophomores, and she never went to the doctor. Nobody came and arrested her parents, anything like that. And by the time we were seniors or so, she passed away. Oh, that's you know, and, and and they never got arrested. They never. I mean, they. I don't. So how can they the they go and take over this child away from these parents? Apparently, it, and it's like you said. Well, it it really has to do apparently with whether it's a religious uh, objection or not. And, and I guess their objection wasn't religious. They just weren't showing up for doctor's appointments. No, I, I, I was just, I just, I don't see how they could go and arrest the parents for, for kind of a, when, when, you know, there is situations like that, that, you know, have happened and the parents have never gotten, sure. you know, arrested. So 
Yeah, I, I think in this particular, the, the father, I don't believe, was arrested. Um, and I don't, I mean, the, the, the mother wasn't arrested for specifically not giving up her child. Uh, obstruction of justice, I think, was the official charge, if I remember correctly. I could be wrong there, but. But you can get an obstruction of justice charge just for not complying with, with the orders from the police. Yeah, and that's basically what, what happened here. Yeah. But wasn't the whole thing videotaped all the way up? Oh yeah, she was. She was. She was videotaping from the time she got pulled over to the to the time that the they ended up, you know, yes, it, taking the child from her. It, it is being scrutinized by the, uh, the higher ups at the police. She cooperated pretty good with them. It sounds like I, yeah. I haven't seen the video or anything. I mean, just from what you so I. I mean, when one officer says, "Hey, yeah, well." We'll grant you these wishes, you know, or you do this for us, and and you can ride with him. And then they turn around, and I think those cops or whoever told her that she could, you know, go with them. I mean, some, something else needs to be done on the police's part. I mean, you just can't tell people, oh, yeah, you cooperate with me, and then we'll just go ahead and, and tell you that you're not cooperating with us now and arrest you or, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like the Boise that, Police Department needs to have a little reprimand and, and, and stuff like that if they're going to be telling Somebody, you cooperate with me, and we'll give you these wishes. Well, that's that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Um, thank you for the call. So, and uh, and I mean, the, there were body, you know, in, in watching the video, the police all had body cameras on, also. So um, you're going to get a view from the uh, police. Um, I don't know if we will, but the police department can get that view. They also get the view, like I mentioned, um, the uh, mother recorded the entire thing uh, from the time that she was pulled over by police. Um, well, to she, the time she, she, my guess is she probably knew exactly what was about to happen to her. Yeah. So, like I said, I, I, I don't know the intricacies. I've never been a police officer. I've never trained with the police. I mean, I have friends and family who have been police members. Um, the, the, the problem that I had with this, me personally, in my opinion, is when the police said, I promise you, if you get out peacefully, we, you get out of the, the vehicle with your son, we take him into the ambulance, I promise you're going to be able to ride with him to the hospital. And then that promise, when she did all that and followed all the instructions, and then that ended up not happening. This is according to the video. Once again, I watched the video this, this weekend after this happened. So I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, as of right now, there has been no official updates on the uh, child's uh, or the parent's since then don writes in another subject electric cars are powered by batteries you keep changing the narrative that they are powered by gas um first of all don electric part cars uh, are powered by batteries because it is stored that energy does not come from the batteries that energy comes from someplace else 40 percent of the electricity in the united states comes from coal a portion of the energy in the United States also comes from oil. Not directly into the car. I'm talking electricity. Um, she goes on to say they do not need gas or oil. Why is this so hard for you to understand? Everyone needs to start driving EVs so we won't have to depend on everyone, uh, anyone for oil. The world will run out of oil anyway. We can always make batteries. No, you can't. The, <laughs> the, the stuff that you make batteries of is also finite. Yeah, that's true. Lithium is not going to go on forever. As a matter of fact, some say that there's less amount of the products as of right now. Now, that doesn't mean we can't figure out a different way to make batteries, but as of right now, there's a finite number of the products that it takes to make a battery also. 
I feel like what this individual is saying is that, uh, you know, batteries are simpler because they're just something that's made in a factory. Well, yes, but it uh, doesn't mean that there's absolutely no carbon footprint. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Don, one thing that I don't think you realize is that electric cars are still, even if they don't burn oil or gas, still take oil and gas to make. The plastic on the car, the plastic in the interior of the car, the glass on the car, almost everything in that car takes oil to build. And even the batteries, it takes diesel, large amounts of diesel, gasoline, and oil burned because electric big rig vehicles are not strong enough to mine it. Wow. So the carbon footprint is still massive. It's not just a small carbon footprint when it comes to just using electric vehicles. Not to mention the fact that electric vehicles, on average, are way more expensive to buy right now than gas vehicles. I agree. We probably are going to have to do something because oil is eventually going to run out. It is a finite resource, but so is what it takes to make batteries. So I don't know what the answer is. Maybe it is hydrogen. If you can figure out how to burn seawater, since the seawater mm-hmm. is going to be rising, uh, we're you know the whole east and west coast is supposed to be under twenty feet of seawater in the next decade right. or hundred years. Maybe we can figure out seawater. We can use that to, I don't know, somebody will come I mean, up electric, with something. Maybe electric cars are nice, but they are not perpetual motion machines. No, I I get it. You like electricity, but there are problems just as much with uh, electric vehicles um, as there are with gas powered vehicles. Just different problems. 208-336-3700. Here's a good place to take a break. we got phone lines lined up. Uh, we'll get to those. we got one more segment on the way. Hang on. We'll take a break. 208-336-3700. Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 949-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. By the way, uh, Friday, property tax bill to drastically reduce property tax while increasing sales tax to 7.85% and uh, also uh, raising the tax rebate from 100 to $175, now officially dead. Are we happy about that then? I, I'm not because oh, I would have okay. made, you know, saved a lot of money. When I did the math, if the math was correct in the way they said it was was true, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if people are happy. It means that we're probably not going to get a lot of done on, on property tax um, help again this session because we're very close to the end of the session. Uh, Tom and Emmett, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning, guys. Hey, uh, I just wanted to point out a little thing. If you ever look up the efficiency of electric motors versus gas or diesel motors, yeah, we talked about it last week. Gas. What? We talked a little bit about that last week. Yeah, a large amount of the diesel and gas motors is really producing plenty of heat, which is why we have radiators get rid of that. A very small amount of it's used for the motion that moves you forward. Electric motors can be up to 80% efficient, so the energy used makes movement. So just imagine this. You probably have a DeWalt at home, some other rechargeable drill no doubt. And uh, think of that was gasoline powered. You're putting gasoline in that thing and running it. What do you, which one do you think would be more energy efficient? 
and it's the same way. You've got chainsaws now. They're just starting. We're, it's a work in progress, but if we do do the idea of electric cars like we do on this station regularly, it'll just be 10, 15 more years longer before we actually become more efficient. And not all your electricity is being produced by power. The largest growing amount of electricity has been renewables in the last year. There's more renewables added to the system than any other source of electricity. That sounds good. Yeah, if, well, that, if that's mean, true, you know, it sounds good. Here's an idea. What if, the electric, what if the post office went electric 40 years ago? They go 40 miles an hour. They go 40-mile range. They're back at the same place every night. That could have very easily been done. But this idea that the oil companies are writing a lot of our policy has kept that from happening. There's, they could have ran the post office on lead-acid batteries for the last 40 years because of the situation that they use those vehicles for. Mm. Yeah, that would have been a pretty good idea, I think. I don't know what we would have done with the batteries when they had to be replaced. Do they just go into a landfill then and leach into the ground or uh, what? I've never heard of recycling. I, I do believe that there are methods that these things can be recycled. But, I, uh, see, now that's that's one thing that I have recycled. not heard of yet because um, all we hear about is never, that there's no way to recycle the batteries as of yet. You've never heard of lead-acid batteries being recycled? They're worth about 10 bucks at the recycling center, so they must be doing something besides throwing them away. I'm talking about the uh, batteries that are now used when in electric battery, vehicles. When you buy a battery, you take a core in, right? When you do what? When you buy a new battery, you pay an extra 5 10 bucks if you do not bring your core in. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we're, we're... I mean, batteries-operated cars now are not... I operated by lead batteries. They're operated by lithium-ion batteries. I know that, but like I said, they can all be recycled. You know it, and I know it, but well, you know what I mean? Keep the argument up. Maybe right. it'll be another 10, 15 years before we actually get our, our stuff together on this stuff. All right. Tom, uh, Mike at KBOI.com, if you uh, would like to send me the uh, post that shows me where uh, lithium-ion batteries are now being recycled. Because I have not seen that, and I've, that's the biggest thing that I've seen is the uh, detriment is that they can't be recycled and have to be replaced every 10 to 14 years. Um, 953. Did, did the, the designers just say, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Yeah. Uh, now, I'm not saying that they won't eventually figure out a way, but as of right now, from what I understand, that that's not an available thing that, that happens. Uh, CJ uh, writes in, something we were talking about today, or yesterday, rather, was our second anniversary of uh, COVID being uh, here in Idaho. Um, We don't actually know how deadly the flu is compared to COVID-19 because we never have studied, counted, probed, or exacerbated the count of flu like COVID. Until we have a one-to-one study between the two, any statement that COVID is deadlier than the flu is scientifically inaccurate. Flu numbers are not counted year-round. That's not true. Um, Neither are they reported like COVID. In fact, in many states, it's not required to report a death as a flu death, of course, the CEO of Pfizer says that we will need uh, a fourth. Uh, that means more money for Pfizer. COVID deaths are, are reported whenever they happen. That's how we know that 74 deaths due to the or flu deaths, rather. That's how we know 74 deaths in 2019 before COVID even happened, that they were reported na- nationwide. 
Scott has written in and says, if parents are uh, too stupid to know and do what is best for their children, then they should have them taken away because not all couples are meant to be parents. Unfortunately, I think that is the case here. The School of Hard Knocks is a, it rhymes with ditch, so you better pay attention. Ammon Bundy is an attention hound, uh, like that, <laughs> tisk, tisk, tisk. Uh, for you that think uh, he should be governor, please all congregate in a parking lot and slap each other in the face. That probably won't happen, but... Uh, well, if he does get Scott, elected governor, I wonder if he'll get arrested fewer Scott's, times. Scott's not a, apparently a big Bundy fan. That's about all the time we have for today. Uh, don't forget, Nate Shelman this afternoon, uh, Governor Brad Little will be on the show. If you have questions for him, he's going to be on for about an hour, so listen in beginning at uh, 3 o'clock. Don't forget to fill out your brackets, kboi.com. We're on a 20-hour break. We'll talk to you again tomorrow morning.